0: on movies with Rebecca and Jason.
1: Are you gonna love them or hate them?
2: Here, Here comes, comes the binge. binge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. I am Jason Leroy.
0: I'm Rebecca Olarty, and today we're going to look at three movies. Alice Through the Looking Glass, Wiener, and X-Men Apocalypse. And as always, we're going to rate these on a three-tiered scale, with Binge being our highest rating. Consumer moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means...
2: Life is too short for that mess.
0: Before we get to that, I'd like to know, inquiring minds want to know... What's up with you, Jason?
2: Thank you for asking, Rebecca. Well, guys... Guys, I am less than 48 hours away from just going way into the deep end of international travel. You're going right to... Abu Dhabi. I, yes, yes. I'm throwing myself headlong into my dream of becoming a concubine um, <laughs> for a Qatari billionaire. I'm following Janet Jackson's lead. I feel like it mm-hmm. looks good on her. She's now having like a miracle late in life baby. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm i I want that.
0: Lean in, Jason. I'm
2: going to try to. I'll have what she's having.
0: <laughs> um, You'll be dead in a week.
2: <laughs> you said gleefully. <it> <laughs>
0: It's the Rebecca
2: show. And then I'll be free. Once again, we'll
0: be looking at Mulholland Drive. And then it'll
2: be the binge basketball show. Binge with balls.
0: <laughs> which is the other show you wanted to do, it which is. I, I, it. I I pitched it. I pitched it. You
2: had your own v- v- visions for it, and you're going to see that through. <laughs> we
0: both had the same title, but we had totally different <laughs> stories going behind it. Exactly, and that's why we compliment one another.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, so guys, I mentioned this in a previous episode. But I am going to Europe for two weeks. I am going to Berlin for four nights, then Paris for six, then Barcelona for four I have never been to any of these places before. Um, I speak no German, no Spanish, and about six years worth of French from high school and college. That but won't that... stop
0: you from correcting every French word I say.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to help. <laughs> um, and How do
0: you say mansplaining in French?
2: Um, let's see, like explique
1: d'homme.
2: <laughs> splaining, I believe. Homsplaining. <laughs> um So... Yeah, guys, I have been a nervous wreck about this entire trip because I am a warrior and I, I've i never been to these places before. These are all huge international destinations and Scott's never been to any of them before and we're going, just the two of us. And, like, I just left North America for the first time just last November when I went to London.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
2: um, you know, and that was a place where everyone spoke the language. And I was still terrified.
0: But because you're going to these big international cities, you won't have to worry about the language thing, like, at all.
2: That's what I've heard. You're
0: going to be judged, but just go into it knowing you're going to be judged.
2: Lean into the judgment. You're judged here. Right. Just pretend. Exactly. I'll just pretend that I'm, like, walking by the lookout on a Saturday night. (laughs) And that three international (laughs) capitals worth of people are just looking down at me and reading me for filth. And that's fine. I can roll with that. I can roll with that but so you know what what I've been worried about is I would say it's shifted I always need to have something to be worrying about about whatever's going to be coming up and it's not about what logically is the most scary mm. it's just about what's the most recent thing I got worried about so for a while I was mostly worried about like oh i well, we're not gonna be prepared enough I'm not gonna have researched enough I'm gonna go and like not spend the time right
1: mm-hmm. and I'm
2: still worried about that but then that um that airplane disappeared that was flying from paris to egypt and then i was like oh well now i'm worried about terrorism and my mother certainly was worried about terrorism as well believe you me because when you were in
0: europe last was when they had paris
2: yes when i was in london i was supposed to go to paris uh just a day after the attacks of last november so that was super close to home um, too close for comfort, that was. And so now I'm going back and sure enough, another <laughs> terrorist thing has happened in Paris related location. So so I'm terrified about that and um but then i looked at the weather forecast and it's supposed to be rainy and now i'm actually more worried about rain than terrorism because like i said it's not about what the scarier thing is it's just about what's the thing that i've heard about more recently that scares me yeah so now i'm just like instead of picturing like perishing in a terrorist attack i'm just picturing us like having to like walk around and not seeing the sun for a few days and just being like this is a waste of time (laughs) we picked the wrong time uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I it's I'm just gonna have to let go and let goddess because I don't know it's I've never this is this is all uncharted territory. We're just throwing ourselves into the deep end of 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 seeing the European capitals. And, uh, and just trusting that things will come together for as they have for dumb shit Americans who've gone to Europe for centuries.
0: Can I give you something new to worry about? Yes. Okay, cool. I was just talking to some people at work and uh, who had recently traveled. Uh-huh. And, um, well, okay. So before Obama was president, when an American would travel to Europe, it was, there was a lot of judgment because right. of George Bush. It's, yeah. It's back.
2: Oh, because of Trump. Because of Trump. Right. Yeah, I think I saw. I think I saw like Christine and Al posting stuff about that. Oh, did and, they? Because they were just in like Stockholm or something like that. Anyway, okay. um, yeah. So, and I'm I'm fully like you can I'm, wear
0: your great Make America Greatest shirt Again.
2: <laughs> well, no, I'm looking forward to like having like furious questions. Like I'm looking forward to like basking in like the European outrage.
0: Mm. Oh um, yeah, okay. I,
2: I enjoy that outsider perspective on American politics. Pretend you're Canadian. Yeah, no, we, we, I mean, sure. If I'm just like, no, no, we're from San Francisco, we're homosexuals. Oh, yeah. You know, hopefully they'll, you know, I feel like San Francisco is a very... That's
0: actually a big one. When you say San Francisco, everyone's like, oh, San Francisco, because it's like a very European city. Exactly. People are really
2: warm and open about it. They know somebody that lives there. I'm going to have that in my back pocket the entire time, and hopefully it won't get stolen by gypsies. So... (laughs) I can't uh... say that. (laughs) I'm sorry, Romani. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, that's what's up with me, guys. We're going to be taking um, a break of sorts. Mm Um, Next week, uh, we are going to be hosting an episode featuring an interview uh, with the star of a really smash amazing documentary called Presenting Princess Shaw. Um, The uh, subject is named Princess Shaw, alias Samantha Montgomery. She is an aspiring musician who was discovered by an Israeli DJ on YouTube and um, had this kind of rags to riches sort of uh, transformation. And uh, she is a wonderful dynamic lady and had a great time talking with her so we're gonna run that next week and the week after that uh which is like june 9th i think is that friday then we are going to take another break Mm -hmm. and then we'll be back with you for june 17th with another new review episode but in the meantime i'm in europe y'all
0: yeah keep have you do you have your phone situation figured out
2: i do yeah that's taken okay, care good. of. So
0: yeah, keep in touch. Yes, I mean not like texting every day, but you know. Yeah,
2: you're if, like you're like I will tell you shut up. <laughs>
0: if, if anything happens, you know yeah, just, like, just let remember, us know you're safe. I'll
2: be asleep while you're awake. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Take uh,
0: that European office. Yes, yeah, so of if my you want to
2: see my updates about whether I have or have not survived any attacks that occur while I may be in Europe, then check my Twitter. I'm at the <laughs> Jason Leroy. <laughs> So anyway, that is a big what's up with me and yourself, Rebecca. What is up with you?
0: Not too much. I'd say mostly my mind is, uh, and you'll be happy to hear this is the very end of it, and by the time you get back, it will be long over, oh. but my mind is very much wrapped up in the basketball uh, yeah, got, finals. Got
2: balls in the brain.
0: But yeah, I'm, as always. Mm. Uh, right now, it's the Western and Eastern Conference finals. The Warriors, who had been doing so well, now may not make it. Uh, they're playing tonight, actually. The Cavs are doing better. We uh. might, we might, we might take a, a quick trip to Cleveland to catch one of the finals games for you really? to about that idea tonight. So wow. that might be happening. Um, but yeah, so for the next week and a half, I'll be really obsessed. Um, and then after that, it'll
2: go away. What time is the game tonight? Are you going it's to be right like, now. Oh, and you're here with me, guys, Rebecca loves me. No <laughs> she is a, de- she is a dedicated, devoted 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 co-host and producer let's see so, just so round i know for Rebecca.
0: it's the second quarter and the warriors are up 27 21 not that by the time you hear this it'll be long over and we'll either be
2: but that's where we were when we were recording it guys that's where we were. That's a timestamp stamp for you if you're wondering <laughs> what was <laughs> happening in the world as we sat saying these very words to you
0: enough about our dumb lives <laughs> let's move on to the movies let's do it the first movie we're gonna look at today is alice through the looking glass so it's it's funny because i thought it was like you know, a lot of the movies, especially like the superhero movies are like, you know, X-Men, colon, like Apocalypse mm-hmm. or something like that. I thought it was like Alice through the, the looking glass. glass, but no, it's like, a, it's like an Alice through the looking glass.
2: Yeah. yes, based on the book name.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Book name. <laughs> Alice returns to the whimsical world of Wonderland and travels back in time to save the Mad Hatter. And you
1: know you're going to call, call Alice. What's the matter?
0: The Hatter's the matter.
1: Hatter is my truest
0: friend. If he's in need, I will help him. It will be a race against time.
1: He is not someone you want as your enemy.
0: Time is a he. So, um, the whole Alice story never appealed to me um, when I was growing up. I don't know if it was too precious or if I've always had an aversion to fantasy things, but can you. Was it too angsty? Was it angsty? I don't. I didn't even get into it enough to think it was angsty.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Um, I think my my mom was probably just like, "It's silly"
2: or something. <laughs> um,
0: so, can you bring me up to speed on this uh, seemingly super creepy child's story?
2: God, I mean, I can try. Uh, it's just about this girl who like finds this other realm, and it's all crazy. It's like it's like the advent of whimsy. Is an Alice in Wonderland. Mm. And it really, you know, it's hard not to view it now through the lens of like White Rabbit. Yeah, uh, that's and a, the most annoying story. Yeah. Because it, it, the whole thing is basically a, a drug trip. It's just like an allegory about like a little girl who goes on, like, who, who trips her tight little ass off, as Jerry Blank would say. And, and, um and then just kind of goes on this journey of discovery and finds out that things aren't as they seem and has all these like m- mythical creatures that she that appear to her and guide her. And yeah, it's just about a drug trip. Um, okay. But that, of course, is not really this is a Disney film. So they don't really um, broach any kind of drugginess
0: uh, in the trailer that we heard. Does it all rhyme like that?
2: Uh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of playing with... Because that, that's very much inherent in the text, in Lewis Carroll's kind of original text. Uh-huh. It's kind of just like playing with, with wordplay and rhymes and puns and names and all that horse shit. But here's the important thing to note, though, is that even though this is called Alice Through the Looking Glass, which was indeed the name of a Lewis Carroll book, this is entirely... Uh, this is entirely fabricated Lewis Carroll. This is not yeah. actual Lewis Carroll. Uh this is this is basically them realizing, well, you know, there is another Alice name out there that everyone knows and we've only made one movie so far and it did pretty well. Mm. Let's take that name and uh, just do it up. Yeah, let, let's let, let's put Johnny Depp front and center somehow. Uh so uh so yeah, this is this is a story that has no basis in <laughs> the Lewis Carroll text. It is they they they've come up with a premise in which Alice has to go back to um, Wonderland she has to go back through the looking glass and help the hatter because the hatter has matters. the hatter matters to Alice for some reason and even though he's fucking loon and the hatter has recently found out that his family is out there it's actually it's like finding Dory he's realized <laughs> that his, his, he, he thought his family was gone but they apparently he he's reasonably they still exist and so Alice goes on this journey to try to, um, through Time, and mm. Time is a man who's played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, <laughs> she has to, like, you know, kind of throw the wool over Time's eyes and figure out a way to go back through Time and go to different places in Time to find out what happened, what's the truth, what really happened to the Hatter's family. So
0: basically she just spends the whole time saying, tell the truth. <laughs> tell,
2: tell the, the truth. truth. Uh, kind of. Uh, and uh, except for you know, not as entertaining um, as mm-hmm. as that moment concussion. will always be. No, as quotable as concussion. Yeah, <laughs> not that chuckle fest. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's just something that just a bunch of screenwriters sat in a room and just like broke the story. And we're like, okay, so how do we put Johnny Depp in it? How do we make it so that he, she keeps going back to him? How do we? And, you know, it's, it's like bastardized Lewis Carroll. It's just like modern writers. Uh, it has one credit screenwriter, Linda Wolverton, who also wrote um, Maleficent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which was much, which was fine, a fine film, um, especially compared to this one. Uh, So yeah, it's just kind of, it just feels disingenuous. It's just like, uh, it's just like a a cash grab by Disney to like go back to the same well and pump more money out of Mm -hmm. this kind of star studded franchise. And with a story that is not actually even adaptation It's just a purely, um, you know, original, if you will, original screenplay.
0: So you mentioned Johnny Depp is in this movie, which is really the big question of the day. Mm. um Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are getting a divorce I after know. they made their tape about smuggling those dogs into Australia. Dog apology
2: tape. I mean, where can a marriage go but down from from that kind of peak?
0: I mean, I I think that like international crime and smuggling mm. of Pomeranians is something that brings a couple closer together.
2: You would think so. That that level of, of, of canine espionage. Canine uh, espionage, yeah. And and yet dog uh, fancy. But what you see and they didn't seem very close in that video. And mm. today I got some hot gossip at Ooh. work. Um one of my friends at work was saying that a mutual friend of hers is a guy who joined up as like in a band with or something. Mm. Like some band was just the two of them. And um And so the hot gossip is that he and Amber Heard have actually been separated for like months and months. They only got
0: married like less than a year ago.
2: Yeah, I guess it it did not. I mean, he even, Johnny Depp made some statement today where he referred to it as like this short marriage or something like that. So I think that Wind he... know forever. Exactly. So I think just like we're all hoping, or at least I am, that Madonna will get back with Sean Penn. I think we're all hoping the giant Depp and Winona Ryder will get back together. And that we can just have the, this reunion of, the, of the, the first coupling that I think we all knew was one that was supposed to last.
0: So uh, maybe she'll steal his heart. Winona Ryder <laughs> is a thief.
2: The queen, the thief of, oh, oh, because there's also a queen of, there's a queen of hearts and a queen of tarts in this, you see. Yeah, So that's you. Yes. Um, <laughs> the bigger question, though, is are we
0: going to embrace Amber back into the queer family with open arms? Are we going to keep those or, arms shut? Or, or will she
2: always be an Anne Heche to us? Right. I think she's got that Anne Heche stank on her. <laughs> I think that we're just always going to be like, girl, no. Mm-mm. You tried it. Yeah. You tried it. Uh, No, I I can't imagine. Because, I mean, she also kind of, like, I think he was still with Vanessa Paradis whenever they were, like, kind of starting to be together. And that's his longtime partner and the mother of of his children. And so I think Amber Heard was already, like, you know, kind of tiptoeing onto, like, other woman territory with that. And now she went and and then she went and married him. And he never even married Amber Heard or uh, Vanessa Paradis. So that was already a slap in the face to his Mm -hmm. previous relationship. And now it's just fallen apart. And Now it's going to be ugly. And he's already in the, you know, in the court saying not to give her alimony she's requesting. And, and I don't know, I think this is this is going to, I, I have a hard time seeing her bouncing back from this soon. She's the one who's going to be hurt in this. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, like always she's the woman. Well, no, I don't think that's always the woman in, in who gets hurt. I think that in a lot of cases, especially with celebrities, the women come out looking more sympathetic in the press. But I think in this case, like look at like someone like Sandra Bullock or you know like or mm-hmm, Gwen mm-hmm. Stefani, uh, oh, man. you know, so uh, I'd no, rather it, not. <laughs> but what are you talking about, Gwen and any work she may have had done? Yes, exactly. <laughs> she
0: looks like one of those people that like took a picture of a cat into the oh. um, uh, plastic surgeon's office and was like. Make me look like <laughs> snuffles. My you're like, believe I,
2: me. You're like, I, I was, I was in that office waiting room with those cats. women, <laughs> and I decided not to the I, last minute. I'm
0: the one that carries all the folders of cats. Sure. My wife and I were just talking. We saw um, Gwen Stefani on the Billboard Music Awards yeah. for a moment, and um, my wife was saying like. It's just funny that when people get plastic surgery, a certain mm-hmm. type, like they always just end up looking like the same person. Yeah. Which is I a weird know. thing. You stop looking like yourself and you start looking exactly like other people who got the same plastic surgery. Right.
2: Which is a thing that makes you look neither young nor old. It just takes you out of time entirely.
0: Yeah, right. And exactly. just makes you
2: look plastic. And, you know, and I don't, you know, no, no. I mean, it's it's so common for women in the public eye to have work done.
0: Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm.
2: that Gwen still her face still looks like her face. It hasn't like completely it's reshaped. Like the
0: cheekbone thing looks it's just, like a
2: it's lot just of very other people. Tight. Yeah. I think as long as she doesn't fuck with her lips. I feel like when you fuck with your lips, that's the that's thing there's true. no turning back from. That's true. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, she seems like she's happy with little old Blake Shelton. So good for her. <sighs> I think it's my high school self is dying, picturing Gwen Stefani with a country singer. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but uh, but anyway, so... Point, definitely
0: out <laughs> of my lane here with all this gossip and...
2: I mean, you're keeping up pretty well. But, you know, point, you. point being that I don't think that it's necessarily... It usually is the woman in who comes off more sympathetic in the press in these situations. But I think since Amber Heard is younger... And since there's like a homewrecker kind of vibe to her, mm. um, and, I, and, and the kind of switch hitting between teams, mm-hmm. I think people just don't trust her. And
0: um, <laughs> and I think they think... The plight of the bisexual. And,
2: exactly. And everyone, I think everyone hates Johnny Depp too, really. Yeah, no, uh, I absolutely. Think, I think everyone thinks he's just a weird, gross old dude at this point. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is, I think they're both going to come off looking terrible. And they already both look terrible. And this mm-hmm. movie is not going to help matters for either of them.
0: Um, so in the trailer when you listen to the full trailer they start off by saying that Alice um, has female hysteria mm-hmm. is that something that's like you're supposed to laugh at or is yeah. this kind of really setting a suppo- no 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 you're okay. supposed to laugh at it okay.
2: Yeah. the doctor is played by Andrew Scott uh, who a lot of people will recognize immediately because he's played a lot of sort of hilarious over-the-top villain roles and shows uh in in recent years like sherlock and
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: uh and he was in young frankenstein he had a more sympathetic role in the movie pride um but uh but yeah so he is uh he when as soon as you see him show up as the doctor who says that you know it's supposed to be just like a cartoonish british villain when he diagnoses her with female hysteria Uh, he basically, like, the list of symptoms he rattles off are meant to be like, he's like, well, emotions, uh, distraught. uh, Sounds like a classic case of female hysteria, you know. So it's definitely Mm -hmm. meant to be like a girl-interrupted kind of joke about, like, this is is just kind of misogyny and ignorance playing out in, in the medical world. So, yeah, no, it's not meant to be any kind of, like, yeah the it, it knows it's it's, it's okay. it, and it's also a really small part of the movie so it's funny that they like lead Use with that your, and
0: it, yeah it's the beginning of the trailer yeah um speaking of british actors in this movie you hear a little bit of alan rickman
2: you do you do and and this is i guess i was looking at his imdb earlier and this is the last thing this yeah this is the final thing that's, that's that's listed um for uh for his projects so
0: there's like a commercial on oh, here we go there's a commercial <laughs> on ESPN. Um, that has his voice and I like, we like heard it the other day and I was like, wait a minute, he's, I think it was cut from this movie. Oh. Um, and it's just kind of, it's always jarring when you hear the voice of somebody n- in a new way of someone that you know has passed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it, it, it was a very, yeah, it's a very sobering moment whenever you hear the voice come out of, of the character mm-hmm. and you once again have that, that magnificent purr what is it, like Ricken's a maggot or voice. something? His character? His name is like Absalom.
0: It's like a butterfly?
2: Oh uh, yeah, butterfly, butterfly, not yeah. a maggot,
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> not the old trash worm, <laughs> the m- magnificent trash
2: worm. Yeah. You're like now I understand. He plays a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, no, he's a he's a butterfly, oh, okay. and uh, and yeah, just it's 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 uh, just bittersweet. Yeah, just hearing hearing that voice once again flood a movie theater speakers.
0: So this movie is getting pummeled by the critics. Is yeah. there anything redeeming? about it.
2: Well, I would say that like it's not like this is a movie that's hard to watch. At least for me it wasn't hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh watch it with Scott and we were both like completely like engrossed and entertained by it. Um you know, I think either of us are like Lewis Carroll purists, so I think you know mm-hmm. that that's the camp that would be especially like horrified by what's happening here.
0: And that, those people are probably creepy anyway.
2: Exactly. Like why are you like look at your life. Look at your choices.
0: Seriously. I mean, if you're an adult Come and on. you're a, oh, yeah. Isn't so. he like a an alleged pedophile?
2: Maybe I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that because I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm dare not we gonna. accuse
0: a man dead hundred years?
2: <laughs> don't want the don't want Big Carol come after us. <laughs> but um, I would say that yeah, it's and this is a perfectly acceptable sort of like family fantasy movie, even if it does completely bastardize all of these kind of iconic legendary characters into mm-hmm. a, a a fiction of its own making. The performances also are, are really, are, are strong. Mia Wosokoska mm-hmm. is, is she, she radiates a kind of Claire Danes-like presence and intensity huh. um, in this role. Um, she is, she's great. Um, I mean, Johnny Depp is a, a fucking shit show, um, mm-hmm. as he usually is in these like Burton movie, or yeah, Tim Burton and then Burton spin-off movies, because Tim Burton doesn't even direct this one. Oh, really? No. It's yeah. just like
0: a production?
2: Uh yeah, there's there's some other dude directing and Tim huh. Burton steps back and is like, yeah, producer. Interesting. So um but Helena Bonham Carter, as always, is just a treat. Oh nice. Um I mean her performance as 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 the Red Queen is just huh, it's just wonderful. It's so over the top and so campy and so delicious and she's fantastic. Even though Scott kind of ruined it for me by pointing out um how and how immensely both her styling and her voice seem like Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Even right down to like the little like mini red lipstick lip yeah. like in the center of the mouth. Like it's it's just Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus all the way. Um, but that does not stop her from being amazing to watch. Um so she's a she's a sheer joy. Sasha Baron Cohen as time, I was really surprised by. He's not just like dime.
0: No, that he's like time yeah,
2: my time. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not that. Uh, no, he is. He has like this kind of. He has there's like a gravity to his performance. Hmm. Uh, I was like impressed. I, I, I can't really tell you alive. I've ever really seen Sasha Baron Cohen in a movie and thought like, oh wow, like there's there's an inner life that he's suggesting mm-hmm. um, beyond just whatever shtick he's doing on the surface, right? And he he actually like he, he's way better than, this, than 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 this movie uh, deserves. So uh, he he's great. Anne Hathaway is just. Pete Hathaway in this movie, like mm-hmm. it's like it's just mm-hmm. like how any this is like purely. It's almost like she's trolling us <laughs> because she is so actorly and so affected with her movements, and she's do she does like she does the entire character using like Maria Bamford's Diane voice. <laughs> I don't know if you, anyone has been watching Lady Dynamite, I have, um, but there's uh, and this is a, character, a voice that she's done her stand-up for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like, like, mm-hmm. like the very mm-hmm. deep blush, like Anne Hathaway does that exact voice but British um, as this character. <laughs> (laughs) and it's ridiculous and she is absurd but you know she's you know she's been targeted so much by you know the whole world over the years that's funny to just see her be like bye haters and this kind of (laughs) role. so uh you know yeah it's 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 not a bad movie it's just like you want to object to it on principle because it is like you know just like pillaging the corpse of lewis carroll so that disney can like you know have a tentpole movie this summer
0: right so what are you gonna give it
2: um, I would say consume moderation. Okay. Um, Yeah, like we, I had a perfectly pleasant time watching it. And I enjoyed some of the performances. And, uh, you know, on principle, yeah, it's a shitty thing for Disney to do. But I had a perfectly good time principles. watching it. But it principles, principles aren't for movies. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the lesson, kids.
0: All right. Well, uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass is out now. And it's rated PG for fantasy action and peril and some language. That brings us to movie number two, Wiener, which is our pick of the week. Pick of the
1: week. Pig of the week pick is a
0: pick of the week. An examination of disgraced New York Congressman Anthony Weiner's mayoral campaign in the dissection of today's political landscape.
1: The punchline is true about me. I did the dumb thing, but I did a lot of good things too. Running for mayor was the straightest line to clean up the mess that I had made. This is Anthony Wiener called. Yes, I'm not Anthony Weiner, the one running for mayor. Why do you think you deserve the second chance? I didn't
0: want
2: to answer. I'm giving you the answer. I thought you were thinking about it. I thought you No, were I'm trying talking to think. words.
0: So how do you lead into a movie like this, this documentary about Anthony Weiner?
2: Well, in the case of this documentary, they lead into it with just a really exceedingly well-chosen quote by Marshall McLuhan, and that quote is, the name of a man is a numbing blow from which he never recovers.
0: <laughs>
2: That's perfect. That could not be more perfect. And it really sets the tone for the movie that follows.
0: This, this movie seems like a perfect accident, right? From my understanding that it sort of starts off with them following him. And then the scandal erupts and it turns into a completely different film.
2: Uh, in, in a sense. So when, when they start filming him, um, the first scandal has already occurred. So, um, so like the opening of the film is a montage tracing his kind of rise as a, as a star Democrat. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we get to relive that amazing time in 2010 when he was like, you know, the gentleman will sit, the gentleman will observe order. Uh, and so we get so yeah, so we see that, yeah, peak wiener and we're good to like be like, oh God, that felt good. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you see like all these different commentators being like, oh, he's amazing. He's the next star. And um and then, you know, just him doing different appearances and just like winning everyone over with his sort of brash charisma. Mm-hmm. And um and then we see the first scandal play out whenever there was that first picture that emerged of his of his like boner in in, in gray underwear.
0: That was the one I was on Twitter?
2: Yes, that was the one he like tweeted by accident. Mm-hmm. Um so it kind of follows you through that. That was all in two thousand eleven. And so that was his sort of first in you know, A big huge first fall from Mm grace and uh, you know kind of took him out of of you know contention as like a rising political star so as this film um is granted access to follow him around it is 2013 and he has decided to um enter the um the mayoral race for new york city as a democratic hopeful so it's sort of like it's sort of like the mayoral primary for new york so Mm -hmm. it's like him and bill de blasio the eventual winner and like christine quinn um all all kind of in the race together to see who can land the sort of you know nomination and so the filmmakers uh are following him around as he is preparing to to you know jump into the race again and mm. sort of they assume correctly that there would be a story there like okay like anthony Weiner, national laughingstock is throwing his hat into the mayoral race for New York City. Like, like, what do you, why? Like, why do you think you could do this? Right. And so it's sort of, you know, initially it's just trying to follow that story and just like dive into this man's psyche to be like, well, why are you doing this? Like, what's your deal, dude? Like, are you glutton for punishment? Are you a narcissist? Why are you putting yourself out there again? Because you know that this shit is going to be brought up to you all the time. And um, and then little do they know when they're getting into it that he is going to have round two mm-hmm. of the scandal, and that it's going to break out um, well into his efforts to earn the nomination.
0: So this is it takes place in 2013. Does it have any relevance to our uh, current election cycle?
2: Well, um, our two uh, front runners do have appearances in it. Uh, oh, really? So there is uh, whenever he uh, is announcing his his, his, his candidacy. Um, and they show like a chorus of different pundits being like, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: um,
2: there is a vine from Donald Trump uh, um, okay. that says, this man's a pervert. We don't elect perverts in New York City. Which <laughs> uh, just seems rich. Like, yeah. like all like all slings and arrows coming from Donald Trump just seems hilarious uh, in their lack of self-awareness and uh, and just sort of, you know, brazen aggression. and uh, And then... Uh, Anthony Weiner's wife uh, Huma Abedin Mm -hmm. was was one of Hillary Clinton's Clinton's top advisors Uh and uh, Anthony and Huma's wedding was officiated by Bill Clinton Really? Yes. He's one
0: of those guys that like went online and got. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, totally one of those guys that went online and got a marriage certificate.
1: He's like, and, he's
2: right. like, yeah, he's like, I need the credit card. They need thirty dollars to make it go through. <laughs> um, it's my Clinton impression, I guess. It's so uh, bad. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so that is so we both have both of them. Both. I mean, this is only three years ago, and then later on, um, in the scandal, we the story broke that Hillary was pressuring Huma to to leave Anthony Weiner to divorce him um, because Hillary was gearing up for her presidential bid Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: and was like, you know, I I can't, I don't want this following me into this. I can't have like the stink of of his scandal following me. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, even though people initially were drawing comparisons between Huma and Hillary that like these are both these powerful, dynamic women in politics whose husbands fucked around, and who you know stuck by them in, in the public eye, and that. So I think people thought that Hillary would, you know, <clears throat> would not expect Huma to leave her husband. Right, right. And this is all just as far as an unsubstantiated gossip, because of course Hillary Clinton never came up publicly no. and was like, you know, uh, I have asked Huma Abedin to yeah. leave Anthony Weiner because of his dick. You know, mm-hmm. so that never that never happened. But don't
0: have that soundbite.
2: No, unfortunately.
0: Um, but Huma's a big part of the movie.
2: Oh <sighs> yeah. Uh, She's a huge part of the movie So they have a lot of access In this movie The the These documentarians were granted Like so much access And it is painful to watch Really? So we see The first time we see Huma She is sitting in a room With Anthony And he is like playing with their son Because they have a very young son Because she was pregnant While these first, scandals were happening Oh my god and, um, and so he's playing through a young son and she, and I'm sure it's editing, but she is just giving him this, this just death look. And, uh, and, and not like a kind of a comedy death look, but just like a bone deep resentment mm-hmm. um, just staring at him.
0: Like, the look I give to you.
2: Yes, exactly. I recognize it. That's how I knew it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she is, and she, but she's, but she's there. She's there throughout the entire thing. And, you know, she is, you know, she's smarter. Uh, She's smart enough not to, like, throw big scenes in front of the cameras. Right. But we know unmistakably where she is at with things. Mm-hmm. And we see her her kind of the way she pulls herself together when they're having a fundraiser versus how she is when it's just her and Anthony and the advisors. Uh, I and mean, she's such a fascinating figure. And, um, and kind of the reason that he even decides to enter the race is as an act of atonement of sorts to Huma. Because she is like, my promising political career and my path to being just a like, political power couple was sabotaged by your dick. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you need to fucking atone for this mess. You need to make something of it. Yeah. You need to, get you know, get your shit together and run for mayor of New York. Like, that's attainable. That's something that we could maybe do. And so it starts off as him kind of doing this to win her over. And he is like, okay, I'm going to go out there and, like, take it on the chin over and over and over again. in all these interviews and all these public forums and everyone just, like, bring this up to me over and over again. I'm going to have to be contrite and be Mm -hmm. apologetic. And, 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 and use the same language over and over again and just never, never, ever, ever be anything other than completely contrite, um, about this thing that happened because I'm doing this to, to basically make it worth my wife's time that she stayed with me, Mm -hmm. um, and then he starts to get this momentum. He actually starts to, like, get a lot of favor because he's a very charismatic man. Right. I remember those days. Yeah. And he, you know, and he really is like, you know, his, he would kind of pivot in these public things to be like, you know, like that's, you know, he's like, I, I, I betrayed my wife. I lied to my wife. And that's but and that's a personal matter what i would love to talk to you about is what i want to do for you and what i want to do for this community Mm -hmm. you know so and he and you see him just out there working like there's this hilarious montage of him going to all these different parades (laughs) and like dancing like dancing the pride parade dancing like dominican parade (laughs) dancing and like like he's just working every single like minority parade and Mm -hmm. just like dancing his ass off and just like hugging everybody and taking pictures and everyone's like i love you and he's like hey (laughs) and so He's glad handing and he's, he's, it's working. It's working. And he's like, and Bill de Blasio was like way lower in the polls initially, and, and Wiener's kind of like on top. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this scandal comes back out and it was from, it wasn't a new incident. It was from the same time period. Mm-hmm. It was just this, this young woman, uh, decided to come forward, um, and, and, and leak this information. And, uh, and so then initially, and then you kind of see Huma and we watch her we see her as like she's processing this and um and then i think she kind of starts to cool gradually on the idea she's Mm -hmm. like okay this is not going to happen now like you're not going to win and um but then he stays in it kind of just just because that's how he is he's like no he's like "I, i had all these people ask me like you're not gonna drop out of this are you and i'm like no i'm gonna see it through to the end and so he and so and then gradually he pivots From being contrite, newly contrite all over again, Mm -hmm. to being like, fuck you. And so then he gets combative because he's like, that's the me everyone likes. That's
0: when he's like yelling at people in the grocery store and stuff. Yes. Like yeah. Sandwich they re- shop.
2: they relive that. Yeah. They show that that whole scene because the filmmakers were there for that. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, so they, they they show that whole scene. Um, and you see like this, like um, you see some Orthodox Jew come like running out of there. Like, why did he engage? Why couldn't he just leave it alone? <laughs> and um, so there's that. There is a very spectacular, long, drawn out fight he has with Lawrence O'Donnell live on the air on MSNBC. Oh, nice. Um, he even gets very short tempered with poor Savannah Guthrie, uh, <laughs> which is I think really when he lost the campaign once and for all. Uh, so, and then he just kind of goes out in this, it, he, like he just goes out in flames, in flames from this campaign. It was so disastrous by the end. Like this, this whole thing plays out like this, just, just an amazing American political tragic comedy.
0: This sounds amazing. I, I, I wish I could have seen it. I'm definitely going to see it as soon as possible. Ugh. And it's, it's amazing that they had access during this entire, they mm-hmm. didn't cut it off and they continued.
2: I know. Well, they, and they ask him, they like the, the, the documentarian it's a one, a couple points. It's like, why are you letting me film you? Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, just trying to kind of like, you know, and, and it's, it, there's one point where Anthony actually snaps at him because the guy's like asking him questions. And then Anthony's kind of being short with them. And the guy's like, you don't talk about your feelings very much, and Anthony's like, you know, I've never heard of a fly on the wall that talks a lot. That's that's a funny that's a funny thing. I never heard of that. Uh, but you know, and and that's sort of his way of being like, shut the fuck up. You yeah. told me you're gonna be a fly on the wall, and now you're trying to like, pepper me with questions.
0: So, does getting this kind of access come with a certain amount of bias?
2: So, I don't feel like the film has necessarily any kind of pro Anthony bias. Mm. Um, it does not view him through any kind of, of rose colored glasses. Like, it, it definitely is very, very aware of his contradictions as a man, as a public figure. It definitely is like, how do you solve a problem like Anthony Weiner? Is basically the whole <laughs> movie's question. And, you know, it acknowledges the things that I think even his greatest attractors would acknowledge in terms of his just charisma and his power as a public figure, mm-hmm. while also, you know, showing him at his very lowest. Um, Not always showing him, you know, not not in in the final stage of it, not taking the high road ever Um, and just engaging with everybody Mm -hmm. and just being this firebrand and uh, and kind of in in not being able to pull himself away from that. So and and I I would say, if anything, the movie's overall tone is one of just kind of tongue in cheek comedy. Really? Like the whole thing right from that Marshall McLuhan quote at the beginning. Um, because the movie is aware, like it's it's absurd. This man named Anthony Weiner
1: mm-hmm.
2: got into a sexting scandal, and he even says that. Toward the end, they're like they're like Anthony, why do you think that you know the press, uh, you know hates you so much? And he's like, I lied to them. I have a funny name. They don't do nuance. <laughs> so like he's aware of it he knows how silly it is like mm-hmm. he has these grimaces throughout the movie where it's like he knows that like, he's just he's just set such an easy trap for himself to yeah. avoid it and he's just fallen completely into it so the movie feels it really does feel like a comedy it feels like a big supersized episode of veep uh, in a lot oh. of ways honestly <laughs> that
0: sounds so that sounds fantastic yeah i no wonder it's the pick of the week um so sydney leathers is the woman that comes up on the second scandal yeah um, do you we learn anything about her in this movie
2: Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's hard not to, you know, I would say in general my sympathy is usually with these kinds of like, you know, some, you know, just unsuspecting young woman who gets hold into like a powerful man's orbit Mm. and ends up being like this object of scorn. And, um, but she is not sympathetic, I would say. Mm. Um, she is, first of all, she's very young. She's like 23. Mm. Um, And she is, you know, she seems to, I don't think that she believes the things that she says about why she did what she did, because like they show her kind of giving interviews and they show her on Howard Stern at the final end and and what leads to quite a scene. And she's like, well, you know, like he was just out there running for mayor again and he was acting like his marriage was perfect. And I was like, no, it isn't. And so mm. it seemed like she was, you know, maybe jealous because he was, yeah. you know, he had been, you know, they they had these these texts that we all were treated to mm-hmm. renditions of that they show. I forgot that John Oliver recited them with Jane Lynch on his show,
1: <laughs> or was it?
2: Uh, or no, it was Bill Maher? Bill Maher recited them with Jane Lynch on his show. So you know, they had kind of a a, a text affair. Mm-hmm. You know, they never met in person, uh, but they had a texting affair, and uh, and she was she was resentful, and so she she is kind of she's not single-handedly responsible because he did it too sure absolutely but it was her motivation in leaking it was not from a good place Mm -hmm. and then she then tried to take the fame that she got from it and then she immediately turned around and made a sex tape for vivid and then she went that path Mm. of just you know rather than you know like she was proud to you know, to just like follow like the sort of the Kardashian. She wanted to follow the Kardashian path. She mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, okay. Well, like this is the kind of thing that women uh, do now to get famous: is they 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 have a they get infamous for some sex thing, and then they have a, a porn tape, and then they're just famous for life." Mm-hmm. And so she tries to follow that path, and and then and then Howard Stern has her go to his headquarters on the day of the election. And no spoilers. Well, and this was all in the press.
0: Oh yeah, I guess it is still on the show. And
2: I'll just say it culminates in just a moment of rock bottom trashiness that involves her chasing Anthony Weiner through a crowded McDonald's. Oh. Oh. And it's all on camera in this movie. Uh, So I would say that she is not, she is no kind of Avenger we can cheer for. Mm. Uh, She is a a young woman who uh, wanted attention. And I don't think fathom for a moment the extent to which she was going to wreck this man's career.
0: So looking back at this situation now, three years later, is there anything that we can pull from it? Is there any value other than this hilarious movie? Yeah. <laughs> Tragically hilarious movie? Tragically
2: hilarious movie. I mean, I think there are, I mean, there are always double standards in American politics about who goes down for what. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's a Democrat. And the fact that he was such like a, mm-hmm. fuck, you know, such a ballsy Democrat who had no problem just fucking backslapping slapping Republicans about whatever, um, you know, like I think it's 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 Republicans, for whatever reason, can get away with more because I think that their their bases are more forgiving. Yeah. Um, yeah. To an extent like they their they,
0: opponents are less. Um, less likely to use it as fodder as well.
2: Yeah I think that's true as well. Yeah like you know Democrats generally don't fight quite as dirty I would say in terms of like the comments they make about their colleagues across the aisle mm-hmm. in public but you know there were there was just a line a mile long of Republicans who were all too happy to crow about what Anthony Weiner um, had, had stepped in. Right. And, um, and so I think it's just interesting as a study in double standards in American politics for who has, you know, who can get away with what and for how long and why. And, uh, and just about, a, a, you know, like why Anthony Weiner fell so hard, you know, like this, this movie just kind of, it really stares into the abyss of where, um, American politics in the modern day meets the tabloid cycle mm. meets something that Anthony Weiner calls, um, the gravity of entertainment. That's um, right
0: where we are right now.
2: That is, it's in the intersection. Uh, so it's, 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 it's an interesting and and sad and funny and, and sadly funny and funnily sad, mm-hmm. uh, case study about this very, oh, just fascinating, fascinating couple.
0: Um, you give it, we're giving it a binge it. So I, or It's the pick of the week, so binge it, I assume.
2: Binge it. See, Wiener. I think that, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, this is not the kind of movie that you have to be uh, a a Democrat to enjoy Mm -hmm. by any means. I think if anything. To all of our
0: Republican listeners. Yes, exactly.
2: To our many, many, many um, Heartland Republican listeners. I think that if anything, you guys will enjoy it more (laughs) because, (laughs) man, do you watch this guy wriggle on the hook.
0: Uh, Wiener's out now And it's rated R for language And some sexual material um, And that brings us to our last movie of the week Which is X-Men Apocalypse With the emergence of the world's first mutant Apocalypse The X-Men must unite To defeat his extinction level plan
1: I've been called many things over many lifetimes to Ra Krishna Yahweh ever since the world found out about mutants there have been secret societies who see them as some kind of second coming or sign of God they believe that tens of thousands of years ago an ancient being was born the world's first mutant
0: Jason I have run out of questions to ask you about superhero movies oof um, all I could come up with is was it good?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a perfectly valid question. Um, I'm really... This podcast just boils down to that question about what we so, were right? talking about. So, Was it good? I think it's a fair game. Um, It's okay. Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. be my answer to that question.
0: Um, how many of these X-Men movies are there?
2: Oh, man. I Straight don't know.
0: X-Men, not like well, um, side projects. Side
2: pieces. so Dust <laughs> to side chicks. Uh, there was the first three X-Men movies. And then there, this is like the second trilogy. Although I don't know that's a trilogy though. I think they're going to keep doing them. But so I think this is technically the sixth full X-Men movie because there was X one through three. And then there was um, Days No, Days of Future Past was the last one. X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past. And now this one, this one X-Men Apocalypse. So I think it's the sixth one.
0: I remember this movie, the first X-Men's. Um, being full of um uh, more handsome people, it was like hmm. hugh Jackman and and James martin, and I feel like i I watched the trailer for this, and it was a bunch of nobodies, well, except for Jennifer Lawrence, but we'll get to that in a minute
2: well. Let me just point out that Michael Fassbender is in this movie. Oh, right. Uh, So he is certainly on par with uh, any of the actors that you just named, if not far outweighing them, at least in the Wang department. But uh, the funny thing about this movie is that it introduces more of what I call the Muppet Babies versions of the (laughs) X-Men, where we're seeing all of like, because, you know, the the first X-Men First Class was Was introducing all the Muppet Babies versions of of certain characters, and then X Men: Days of Future Past was bringing together the originals with the Muppet Babies, and now this is back to just Muppet Babies. But there are also more that we did not meet previously, such as um, Sansa Stark plays um, Muppet Baby Jean Grey. Um, (laughs) Ty Sheridan is like Muppet Baby James Marsden. So we get a few uh, like we get um, Baby Storm. Um, shows up so so we got a few more people who are you know main characters in the in the initial trilogy but they're Um, younger but they're this is a prequel so this is like yeah this is like the younger this is the getting to know them prequel um series
0: speaking of younger i i feel like these movies should be like stepping stones to careers like disney things are you know what i mean
2: they mostly are because when
0: you see jennifer lawrence in this it looks ridiculous
2: yes um jennifer lawrence phones in this role with barely a raised eyebrow yeah. uh, for her entire runtime, and the first time you see her she's wearing the most over the top insane 80s stripper dress I couldn't <laughs> even like the movie that is that sounds fun it, it that, that is it is fun it is fun to see um you know she it, this is the 80s of her uh movie the last one days of future past so first class was in the 60s days of future past was 70s this is 80s this I've heard they're doing a 90s one next so that cool. could be fun um maybe they'll all watch in living color together <laughs> they're know, all wearing jenkos,
0: watching living color
2: i would watch the shit out of that x-men movie but yeah no jennifer lawrence is in here and she just couldn't be more checked out um she puts in zero effort uh in the role this and like one uh, of things
0: that she signed up for uh, like a yeah, contract i think so probably things turned out i think she can't
2: get out of this uh so she's just gonna keep seeing it through and cashing that paycheck and you know get that money girl it's still you know it's always nice to see her Um, but yeah the the movie doesn't exactly give her anything to do and Mm -hmm. she just shows up and is Jennifer Lawrence to like the bare minimum of the requirement of being Jennifer Lawrence Mm -hmm. and she wears some fun things and then that's that
0: um, and this is directed by Brian Singer, who is... He was a guy that was accused of having all those young guys at his pool parties and stuff. Yes, yes. Um, and he's directed all of them?
2: No. Um, he directed the first two, at least, possibly the third one. And then he stepped away for um, First Class, and he came back on for Days of Future Past, and now he's doing uh, this one, too.
0: Any changes? Is it kind of back to the same?
2: Well, you know, it's, its it really feels... It's fun initially when they're kind of like setting up all the all the chess pieces for the movie and like introducing the new Muppet babies and introducing just like all the different and showing you sort of the lay of the land for how it all come together. Mm -hmm. But by the time it gets to the finale, you know, the extended sort of battle royal royal rumble that these things always end in. Mm it just gets to feel very much like a retread, very repetitive, you know, very like, oh, no, like, Eric Lensherr has gone to the dark side again. No, Eric, be good, be good. And, you know, so it's it feels very familiar once we get to that, and then it just kind of gets tedious, um, however many new characters there are. And, and also, I can't quite say that I bought um, Sophie Turner, Sansa Stark, as Jean Grey, because she's Sansa. And I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. so that means nothing to you, as we just discussed in, uh, over a text reference to Hodor I made earlier today, but... Um yeah, it, it's a very it's a fundamentally weak victim character on Game of Thrones and she plays it all too well and she doesn't quite project any real power as mm. as as mother baby Jean Grey. But so Brian Singer basically pioneered the modern comic book superhero adaptation movie as we know it today with his first X-Men movie. And he has his own way of doing things and his style of directing and what he thinks these movies should look like has not changed. Mm. He does not give a fuck about how Christopher Nolan would do it. Uh Um, He is going to do it bright and colorful and over the top, opulent, loud. Uh, He, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it. This is the way that he does it. Mm. And, you know, and, and at first, when you first start watching this movie, it opens with this very kind of um, just real campy Egypt, uh, Egyptian flashback scene. And it just it's so it's just so opulent. And so just like, yeah, ridiculous and garish. And like, oh, man, like this is not aiming for the kind of the minimalistic realism mm, that, gritty. yeah, there's no grit to be found here. This is just pure. the just like polished. X-Men uh, the musical? Kind of. I mean, that would be fun. I hope he considers it. (laughs) I mean, he is a gay dude. He can't completely resist it.
0: This movie is all about the villain, Apocalypse. um, And it's played by Oscar Isaac. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, Will this movie reignite the world's only slightly faded crush on him after The Force Awakens?
2: Well, the tricky thing with this performance is that we only see Oscar Isaac's actual face for about 10 seconds in that opening scene in egypt um we see his his body on a slab um and it kind of commingles with a recent game of thrones moment where we saw a hot dude lying shirtless dead on a slab and we all felt weird conflicted tinglings while we were looking at that that continues in this movie and um, and then he for the rest of the movie he is apocalypse and he is just buried under a mountain of makeup, mm. um, makeup that mostly looks like uncontoured drag makeup, <laughs> and uh, and he doesn't he, it could literally be anybody and in, in under mm. the makeup, it is it is a shame it is a waste a complete utter waste of Oscar Isaac's considerable talent and great good looks. Well,
0: that's uh, jokes on you. It's Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know. You should have looked at IMDb.
2: I thought it was Cate Blanchett, but I never, I never know these things. It was both of them. Oh, man. And then Andy Serkis to provide the <laughs> motion capture. So it was really, it took a village. And they credited Oscar <laughs> Isaac, but they didn't need to because, yeah, you you can't even tell that it's him and there's not much to the performance.
0: Um. So when I ask you to rate this, are you going to rate it as a movie or are you going to rate it compared to other superhero movies? Do they have their own kind of like subcategory rating system or do you just same as everything else
2: Uh I mean I, I I think that when it comes to this this is another movie like Alice that has been really pummeled by by critics and but to me it was it was uh it was completely acceptably entertaining mm-hmm. and um and so I'm just going to give it a consumer moderation um i you know i by no means hated it uh i was engrossed for at least the first half before it just settles into the usual sludge of like just the hour-long action sequence that these these kinds of movies always end with uh which i just it's just not like is that can anyone sustain excitement for that long uh like it's just i just don't understand why these movies end with like just an hour-long sustained climax of of action it just doesn't, like, you just get bored. You know, you get desensitized to it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. I don't know why they keep doing it. So it's not a great model. Brian Singer's model for doing these kinds of movies is outdated. But, you know, but he knows how to make them kind of bright and fun in a way that, like, not a lot of directors try to anymore mm-hmm. in that, in the age of having everything be, like, you know, gritty and naturalistic, even though it's about a comic book character. Right. So, um, but yeah. So it was it was fine enough. So I would say consume moderation for X-Men Apocalypse.
0: And that is out now. It's rated PG-13 for sequences of violence, action, and destruction. Brief, strong language. Well, Jason, I wish you the best of luck on your trip.
2: No, oh, thank you.
0: Um, listeners, uh, like Jason mentioned, we're going to have next week um, Jason's interview um, with...
2: Princess Shaw. With
0: Princess Shaw. And um, stay tuned for that. Then we're taking a break the week after... Um, if you want to follow Jason's neurotic tour through Europe, you can follow him at the Jason Leroy, and I am at Fight Balance. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Bye guys.
2: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You
1: made it to the end. That's amazing. There, there goes the binge.